This uh, game is your racist uncle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views and overreactions to all things NFL. we got a lot of news and games to get to in a couple of questions, but we've also got Fitz is up here on his way from Cork to Cavan, because do you know what? It's Christmas time and there's no need to be afraid. It's a great journey. Hey, we've got Connor here, we've got Harry. Hello. Let's do it again. No, fuck it. Hey, we've got Connor here, we've got Harry. Hi. And we got Ronan. Hello. So what's the crack lads, any fun? All Christmassy seasoned and ready? Yeah, pretty much. Just going to head up to Cavan and do nothing for two weeks, basically. Mm, but you got that sweet, sweet fibre broadband after 40 hours on the phone with air. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, means I could actually probably do the podcast without me sounding like uh, I'm going through 15 telephones. Mm, interesting. Oh, yeah. How are you going to do the podcast next week? Ah, we'll figure it out. I'll be in the second middle of nowhere, yeah. so uh, I might not be around. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. What about yourself, Harry? Yeah, the Ronan Fitzpatrick show with Ronan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Any shack up yourself? Uh, no, I'm working the whole way through, as I mentioned before, so that's nah, fine. Don't be sad about Christmas, so it doesn't bother me. Mm. Yeah, I had my final bit of proper work to do today with the presentation, and then I'm now kind of in semi-coast mode for the next three days until I'm uh, finitoed. So happy days. So I suppose we'll fly straight on in. There's a few bits of news to get around to. Um, I suppose the biggest one is going to be uh, Philadelphia's quarterback, Carson Wentz, has got a fractured back. He is gone for the season at this point. Uh, obviously, it's a knock to them. It explains some of the potential issues that we saw in his play so far. But there is another element to this, which is a little bit of a worry, which is there is some stories out there at the moment that this injury was known to the medical staff slash some of the higher-ups within Philadelphia and Carson Wentz was not provided with the information as to his current back situation. So that would essentially mean that they are holding back medical information from their franchise quarterback, and that is incredibly stupid. Um, Do we think... Like, that's a pretty damning thing if that's true, right? Like, do we think that could actually be the case? Is anyone that fucking stupid? Like, I hope it's not the case, but you know, with these organisations, obviously they're like, you have to do what's best for the team, and if they were like... Like saying this means that we have to deactivate Wentz and then you think your season's on the line, maybe you think you have to do it, but like hopefully this is just a case where it was like some administrative incompetence. Like that's a fairly common thing with medical scandals in Ireland, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just say there was some uh, papers uh, put in the wrong place. Uh, but like I don't know uh, what will happen here. I'm sure there'll be an investigation. It's a question of whether Carson Wentz himself will have his own representation look into this. Because mm-hmm. uh, you imagine the team might be a little bit biased. But if someone is discovered to have withheld this information, or in particular if the upper management was involved, whether that be the front office or the coaching staff, then hopefully the uh, the punishment will be swift and significant for them, um, either in terms of their career or from uh, sanctions from the NFL itself. Yeah, because you imagine that this isn't just a case of, you know, this is a problem and they need to sort it. Like, this is a full-on, like, void my contract with these people and sue them for probably, a couple, like, probably two or three hundred million because he'd be able to claim, like, damages to what his future career will be if this is a crew that have allowed him to have a fractured spine and not tell him and just to put him out on the field. Uh, it's, a long, it's a long game being played by Nick Foles' people, you see. You know? <laughs> Eliminate the competition. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is disgraceful if, if what's... There's true. This goes beyond, as you say, beyond standard NFL level shitbaggery, and is like an actual medical malpractice kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you would hope 
in general that what we're hearing is garbled or in some way untrue but as Ronan said like you wouldn't really put it past any NFL organization to fuck over one of their players like this although so short term such short term thinking um, just really shitty well that's the thing as well like this is their young quarterback that they look to be their quarterback of the future as well. You can't build a long-term relationship on shite like this. Um, so we'll be following up on that as more news breaks about it, but there's been a lot of discussion about like people not being very happy in the locker room and so on. So we'll uh, we'll see what comes of that. Um, Chicago cornerback Bryce Callahan has injured his foot and he's gone for the season. They've also had their other cornerback, Eddie Jackson, has an ankle sprain. He's uncertain as to how serious it is, but he's been seen in a walking boot. So that's a huge hit to that kind of superstar defense that they have and pretty much the identity of that team. Yeah, so Bryce Callahan was their starting slot cornerback. So obviously an important position in the modern NFL when nickel defense has basically been the standard defense. And Eddie Jackson's been an absolute star for them this season, picking up the, the interception lead being kind of the ball hawk uh, over, you know, compared to Akamukamura, who's just more of a solid uh, cornerback overall. And of course, it's it's uh, incredibly unsatisfactory for the Chicago fans because that injury happened on him returning really unnecessarily uh, a pick, uh, a tipped pick for Aaron Rodgers, breaking his 405 yeah. uh, without a pick streak. So everyone's happy. You've just won the NFC North by beating your best rival. You come out like a bit cocky. Uh, you know, he was, there's words apparently passed between him and the the Packers organization before and then to have this happen you really just hope that uh, to see the best teams at their best form in the in the playoffs that mm-hmm. um, this isn't a serious injury we ankle sprains it can vary from anything from a couple, like week to week like you're not even missing a game to many weeks in a row depending on the severities but I suppose if it's the walking boot they might be airing towards ladder but they're in the playoffs already so hopefully he'll be ready for that period of the season yeah, it's a walking boot or a Ben Roethlisberger walking boot, really. Kind of situation. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want... I understand what you're saying about wanting, like, you know, the best teams in their best form in the playoffs, but if your team is in the playoffs, you, you definitely don't. You want all the other teams <laughs> to be banged up and terrible. Uh, but this is a huge blow. If both of them are long-term injuries. That's yeah. That significantly diminishes Chicago's chances of progressing further. One hundred percent. Another another injury to a uh, to a playoff team's defense. Uh, linebacker Michael Kendricks has broken his tibia and he is gone for the season. Wait, <laughs> what is going on with Michael Kendricks? Like, yeah. Why is he coming up every fucking? Next week? time, well, next time you hear about him, he might be in prison. Yeah. So yeah. I hope it was worth it, Seattle. I hope it was fucking worth it. Uh, they've also had safety Bradley McDougall has patella tendonitis, which means he's week to week, which is the, the 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 terrifyingly vague terminology that seems to surround a lot of people at the moment. Yeah, like Michael Kendricks, he was doing all right in spot work, and he came back and he was okay, uh, and whatever. But like, obviously, that was a short term patch anyway. Bradley McDougall's probably more serious; like, he's really been the star in that kind of revamped secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this like this is really just a confirmation that he's been dealing with a knee issue. Uh, all season and in the game against San Francisco which they lost and which the, the Nick Mullins looked great uh, so perhaps coincidentally um, he had to miss most of the game due to an aggravation of this so this is just something that's likely to kind of be a continual issue and it's a question of whether he'll be able to play at all going forward uh, but for the sake of that uh, defence uh, they would definitely want him to be there because he's been very good this season. Yeah, no, of course. And uh, just the other season ender, I think we'd put up note because because uh, most of the rest of them are two non-playoff teams. Uh, Frank Gore has injured his foot and is expected to be done for the season. Frank's currently uh, having actually a surprisingly very good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't be surprising to see him do another season because I think he's about five hundred yards or thereabouts away from going up another spot yeah. in the uh, in the overall rushing 
yard. Yeah. And, and he loves football. Like he wouldn't be doing it at this point if he didn't love playing football. That's it. So, so he, I think I think he's very invested in staying in Miami because he's from Miami beforehand. So uh, hopefully they are smart enough to keep him on because I think is he playing for Vet Minimum this year as well? It's not an expensive contract. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's teeny tiny. Uh, we'll go and have a look at some non-season-ending injuries. So uh, Kansas City cornerback Kendall Fuller has injured his wrist. Uh, it was initially reported as potentially being so a season. I, I love how Tennessee had a ton of like season-ending injuries. It was like fuck it, we don't want to talk about Tennessee. I just don't care. No, fuck it. No, I mean, I agree. We don't want to talk about Tennessee. I just wanted to call it out for everyone who's listening. For, fuck the Titans. We're not. No, we're not talking about the Titans. Just, <laughs> just move on. For the record, John o. Smith, Logan Ryan, no, Kenny no, Picaro. no, they don't exist. They're not real people. They don't play for real football team. Logan Ryan's a former Patriot. He's exactly. At least he disappeared. He's gone. He's dead. <laughs> to us. They just die. Whatever. They yeah, he's yeah. gone to play. Like, he's got to live in a nice farm upstate. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Kansas City cornerback Kendall Fuller is injured his wrist. Initially reported as a potential season ender, but it looks to actually not be. It's a uh, small bone scapula, I think, in the hand. So they say he's had surgery on it, and they'd expect him to be able to play in it after a week or so. Uh, this is obviously a bit of a blow after just getting Eric Berry back, albeit on a snap count this week. But thankfully, as it's not a season ender, you'd hope to have him back uh, for the runnings of the playoffs. Uh, LA Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen has injured his hip. If you saw the game we'll be discussing later on, he made an excellent catch that was out of bounds, landed badly on his hip and is now week to week. Uh, Houston running back Lamar Miller has injured his foot and is day to day. And uh, Cleveland's cornerback Denzel Ward has a concussion and he's gone for yeah. week to week. Because uh, you know what? They're the playoff relevant Cleveland Browns. Yeah, just about. Sorry, I, sorry speaking, of, speaking of Keenan Allen, and, uh, and uh, I missed this story and, and uh, Kendall Fuller. Apparently, Keenan Allen referred to um, Orlando Scandrick and Kendall Fuller before the game as doo-doo and doo-doo number two, which is some... What? Yeah. Is Keenan Allen all right? Like, Are we sure it was a hip injury and not several concussions <laughs> in rapid succession? <laughs> that is... What the fuck, mate? Yeah, that's weird. Um, other bits around, so Detroit defensive end Ziggy Ansa has torn his labour and he's gone for the season. He's going to be a free agent, so that's kind of irrelevant. Uh, running back Melvin Gordon is still out. James Connor for the Pittsburgh Steelers is still out, but they are expected to be back this week, all going to plan. So, obviously, a few of these ones are kind of ones where you're hoping the teams will be able to, as you were saying, hold them off and have them back for the playoffs. Uh, are there any of these that you think might impact the playoffs? Obviously, Cleveland's very slim hopes are made slightly slimmer by the yeah, lack of Denzel. I feel Melvin Gordon might slightly improve uh, the yeah. chances of I mean, I mean, uh, I mean more, I mean more the ones who are not, oh, who are not, not yeah. having no, an impact. Keenan Allen's a major loss. Like yeah. Mike Williams says, like, whenever you throw the ball to me, he makes spectacular catches, but there's a question of whether he could be that kind of you know, move the chains type receiver that Keenan Allen is so good at being. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Miller has been pretty solid over the back end of the season for Houston. Uh, but they don't really go through the run game too much. Like the Denzel Ward thing is mostly he's already missed two games with concussion. That's just one of those things for a young star you're always worried about. Mm-hmm. We know there's certain players out there that they start getting these concussions and suddenly uh, their careers start going down the back end. Yeah. Uh, we hope that for someone of his talent uh, who's played so well this season in a, for a team that's obviously we're all rooting for in the Browns, um, that that's nothing uh, that, that indicates future problems. Um, but yeah, I think the Chargers, yeah, getting Gordon back but losing Allen's a bit of a blow, especially because this week they're they're not getting any easier on the schedule. Uh, yeah, in their fight for the AFC. West. Gordon's going to be their possession receiver essentially. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll move on to controversy corner. A few bits and pieces are happening around the league. So. Uh, The city of Oakland has decided to file suit against the Raiders and the NFL. This also, as well as just being a bad look whenever they're being sued, and I think they're going after them under antitrust laws or something, because they're claiming it's monopolised 
extortion from uh, from, from this wasn't coordinated at all. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, so uh, the thing is, the Raiders manager and I said they may not play in Oakland next year because. <laughs> And this says a lot about the foresight that the NFL has around these types of things. There is a break clause in their contract based on if the city of Oakland files suit against them. So they're able to get out quite easily. Five or six cities have expressed an interest in uh, hosting them, including San Antonio, Portland, St. Louis and Seattle. There's also discussions about them. Not the Seattle Seahawks Stadium. I think another one. Yeah. um, I'm I'm just trying to think. The Sanders Stadium? Portland. Uh, yeah, it was in the. It's in like the, this is just speculation. Portland like has a sports team. Yeah, well, I think they have a stadium. Yeah, a stadium. <laughs> like this, <laughs> like, like, like the Superdome. The, you know, like some of these are obviously like like St. Mm. Louis would be the ex NFL stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some of these would be kind of just they have a stadium kind of for other sports that they can kind of like it's only yeah. a one year deal, so it's not going to be like a permanent. Yeah, stadium. I would kind of love the idea of the Oakland Raiders playing in San Diego just to really yeah. stick it inside. <laughs> that uh, would be quite. But fun. that's like the second oldest stadium that you could possibly yeah. go uh, into. And but there's no mice in the in the, in the drink machine. Machines, so. Jesus, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, Portland, maybe the X-rays. Portland, Portland have a twenty-one thousand seater stadium. It's more type thing. very small. Let's be honest now. Come on, what do we think the like traveling support up there would be for the Oakland? That's true. Portland, Oregon is not exactly the type of place you'd expect Raiders fans to be. No. So there's there's been a, a bit soft like. There's been a couple of other interesting suggestions that are pretty much like never going to happen, but would be fun. So they're talking about making London. Them, well, making them a traveling team and making them uh, making them kind of like uh, just come on the like They couldn't be any yes, more exactly. of a circus. Basically. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like get monkey uh, there's also discussions about the potential for them to share the 49ers stadium for the year as well. That's a like, terrible that's a, stadium. The murder capital of America. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. stadium will become like, oh, those guys but hate that, each other. That stadium team. has objectively got like some of the worst turf in the NFL. So yeah. if they want to like injure all their players before they get yeah. to Las Vegas. Well, sure, they play a FedEx instead. Like, and then, like, um, like this week, there was like a literal like patch of green in the middle yeah. of their field, which people kept slipping on. And then, so. and, and, then, and then to add into this, there's another wrinkle that makes it even more bizarre, which is uh, so they can break uh, the agreement and not use the Coliseum. But then a question also remains for this decision as to whether or not they would uh, base themselves entirely out of wherever the new location is or whether they would still train in Oakland and travel to their own home games for the year, uh, which is possibly why it seems logical that they might just become a nomadic team yeah. who travels what around. What is wrong with this organisation? Like, like, yeah. And like, don't forget, like, like, this is a good idea. Like the the NFL and the other owners are kind of like a bit embarrassed about this, but Mark Davis, his only like one of his public comments on this is like, "Oh, we're three and ten, and we're still relevant." When he was asked to discuss this, yeah. So I don't know what oh, so that fucker is like thinking. I don't know, like if he has like his his brain is just being slurped out, and that's just a toupee or something yeah. like on the top of his head. But like that guy's a fucking idiot, and I don't know what the hell he did yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was it like no 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 such thing as bad advertising yeah. or something like that? The Dan Snyder approach yeah. to football. So, like this is probably going to keep like trundling on throughout the inter- like for months. But I think mm. there has to be a decision made by like I think like the first owners meeting after the end of the season mm-hmm. uh, for for commercial reasons. So this could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, even more ugly, I should say. Yeah, and there's now question marks, and we'll raise this in the uh, we'll, we'll follow this up in the question section. But the other bit of controversy is that Baltimore officially made Lamar Jackson the starter uh, this week, and he started against Tampa Bay, and they look to be continuing that onward. So there is a question in from the listeners about that. One thing I did like about that is that uh, 
like the reports that came out and like the usual sources because they're being positive to him uh, are like oh they'll find him a nice place like like he has to find him a like, nice retirement home yeah, exactly. by trading him to a team he wants to go to yeah <laughs> it's like Fun it was a little bit patronising the way the comments came out no, about no. Uh, what they're planning to do with him yeah uh, on to crime and punishment what are they doing probably felonies Martavis Bryant has been put on indefinite suspension again I didn't realise he wasn't suspended <laughs> Well, he's on RR right now, mm. but apparently that he's back on that suspension that he was yes. kind of offering. That everyone was expecting to come in at some point this season yeah. apparently has now landed. Yeah. Substance uh, abuse, this one was. Yeah, so, you know, basically, kind of as we expected, uh, we'll see what happens. Because he wasn't really up to a huge amount no. either, so... Yeah. I don't know. And uh, on other news, Marcus Peters got into a bit of a kerfuffle with a fan when he was coming through the tunnel. This fan was yelling stuff at him, so he caught up towards the fan and said... Do something, essentially. <laughs> uh, I've never seen a man back down more quickly than whenever he came over to see him. Because uh, on the videotape, you can hear the second that Marcus Peters comes anywhere near him, the fans start screaming, Don't touch me! Don't touch me! Uh, what are you doing? I was only joking, guy. I was just calling you racial slurs for lols. This is a prank. I'm going to put it on YouTube. Like, that kind of shite, you know? Yeah. Um, Relatively civilised compared to the confrontations mm. we've seen brief. That's seen true. And, and, and there is a phenomenon. If you want a good laugh, have a look at it and watch the reaction of the security guard in front of it. Who literally <laughs> stands in front and says, this is not my job. Yeah. No, it is. This is literally your job. This is the entirety of it. Um, but yeah, so there, we'll see what comes of that. Marcus bizarrely managed to, like, I think... Do okay out of this one because he didn't hit him, he didn't touch him. He should be should be fine. Uh, it is a bit bullshitty that like the players just have to ignore a load of drunk people shouting shit at them all the time. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much all we've got on crime and punishment. Not a bad week overall. Yeah. Um, and because we've said that, something will happen between us recording yeah. and something going out that's going to be terrible. So please forgive me, I was unaware. Um, Trace extension <laughs> signing cuts. Too, yeah. uh, Jacksonville cut safety Barry Church uh, and tight end Niles Paul. Uh, there's a large turnover we expected there this off season. Uh, they've also signed Kai Forbath, uh, given that last Lambo has been struggling. Like, does this do anything other than like Jacksonville are dead in the water? What's the benefit to cutting these guys now? Uh, the lulls, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a there's a just flailing yeah. Jacksonville are just flailing around the place, like, not nothing that uh, like the, the, the leading theory might be Tom Coughlin sending a message before he what? he what? drops in him, drops in on week 17 and mm. takes over well, just to send another message. Because there's, there's, Tom there's, Coughlin. There's, there's, there's widespread rumors <laughs> circulating that Tom Coughlin's going to take over as a oh, coach. Oh, under like, but yeah, that's almost never going to happen. It's just how it happens. Like, yeah. If he drops in on week 17, just that, to show that, that'd be a big move, like a kind of NF, like sorry, a wrestling style, like yeah, yeah. I'm oh, in the God, that's Tom Coughlin's music, like, and then win whatever whoever they're playing. Week oh, 17. I'm going to check that now. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure a very relevant game because yeah. I think Tennessee and Indianapolis are playing each other, so it's not any of the uh, important. We're uh, playing the Texans actually. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, that'd be definitely a Tom Coughlin. I game. can't wait. Tom Coughlin comes in, takes over the Jags, and the Texans probably drop forty-five on them. Yeah, like. well, that's the thing. Like, I can imagine that he 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 probably put a load of pressure on them, but like, you you don't want to be opening it by like stepping in in week seventeen and overseeing a horrendous loss. I have got to say, I no. still maintain that Tom Coughlin is to blame for a huge amount of the problems in Jacksonville, and if he takes over as head coach things are going to go south extremely quickly I don't think that's right because for him it's a win-win like if they lose like you say then that just gives an even more of an excuse to cut everyone he wants to cut mm. and if he wins then he can say well obviously we made the right decision here let's continue on to the Tom Coughlin era yeah. uh, 
Fair enough. Uh, in other news, Oakland has cut CJ Anderson. Uh, it seems that having the name CJ and being a late roster addition in the AFC West is not a good move. He is possibly the new CJ Spiller. How many times will he get signed and released between now and the end of the season? Uh, several. Uh, many. Uh. How do you get cut as a running back in Oakland? Like, I mean, really? Apparently he was got in as cover for Doug Martin. <laughs> Because they were worried he might miss a game. This is what I mean. Like, I mean, it's not exactly like that team is overflowing with running back mm. talent. That's like CJ Anderson. Maybe something's really gone wrong with him. But he's pretty decent. He may be a veteran, season. but he's not savvy enough for John yeah. Gruden. He's not. Uh, doesn't have enough grit. John uh, Gruden's going to find sign fucking Zach Zenner in the offseason, isn't he? A few, a uh, few other bits of news from around the league. So, uh, on the more serious side, the salary cap projections have come out. That's projected to increase from 177 million to somewhere in the region of 187 to 191. This is a nice big jump. Means a lot more money for contracts. Should be quite nice for anyone who is up for renewal this year or in the next year if people decide they want to try and push yeah. some of that money yeah. forward. Restricted free agent Josh Gordon just sent. Yeah. Mm. And last one before the CBA renegotiations. So. Yeah, so that's obviously actually, they're hoping to smooth things by giving a bit more money out there. Yeah, interesting. And hoping that the increased money available will mean the, the yeah people the NFLPA isn't too uh, uppity. Yeah, uh, many uh, of the owners would probably describe it one less this year. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the twenty twenty draft has been announced. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Uh, oh, for so obviously the 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 NFL really pushing into this idea of the uh, of the. Setting up the LA or the LV Raiders uh, quite strongly. It'll be an interesting one. Uh, I'm not sure whenever a lot of the time these prospects are coming in and you're wondering, do they do they have like <laughs> vices? Do they do stupid things? There's one way to really give that a litmus test. I can imagine Johnny Mansell getting drafted at a draft in Vegas. Like he was sitting saw, there playing flappy bird. Like the, poke s- off the second that this got uh, the second that this got announced, like the first comments I was seeing was like, uh, was it Johnny Football was just born three years <laughs> too early? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one one thing I know, like I know yourself, Connor, uh, myself consume a lot of the kind of NFL media type stuff, mm-hmm. and it's interesting how open they are about gambling stuff now yeah. versus they were a couple of years ago and this is all because it's legal now yeah mm. but it's also a situation like I know they're moving a team there and stuff but it's been just uh, money it's, it's a funny old thing in the NFL right yeah the second that they can get in on it they're happy with it oh, and yeah. uh, the other bit is the international games have been announced in wow. a small amount so we've got uh, we know that there's going to be four games in London two in Wembley and two in Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium if it's finished uh, <laughs> and one in Mexico City uh, which means that they are going to continue their relationship with Mexico uh, which means that I presume that they are able to that they've been able to sort out the refunds for those who were not able to uh, get to the other game so the whole not mean so the home teams have been announced that is the LA Rams Jacksonville Jaguars LA Chargers Oakland Raiders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, so this will be an interesting one uh, I've got a little bit of a hope that we might get a KC game over in London mm. so there's three teams that they play but realistically I find it hard to imagine them giving up divisional games so I think our best bet will be uh, Kansas City at Jacksonville in, uh, in Connor do you remember what happened the last time we saw Kansas City play in London yeah it was great yeah, until about halftime where we all got too drunk to stand. Yeah. <laughs> Went to a casino because you wouldn't get let into the first casino. Oh, yes, yes. And we all got really, really drunk and I'm not really sure what happened yeah. after that. And uh, other bits of news. So uh, we have Mason Foster, who we will discuss in the questions section, had some interesting words to say about the uh, Mzungus and how the team works. Uh, we. <laughs> 
we've uh, or or doesn't editor- editorializing by uh, Connor there. We will a little <laughs> bit. Uh, if uh, if the Chargers have a home playoff game, which they are in the running for, we have some interesting news about that. Fitz, do you want to tell us about this? That they will they will not be holding as we as we questioned last week. They will not be holding it in the StubHub Center. Yeah. So apparently, the naming rights for the StubHub Center. Uh, run out on the 31st of December, so all playoff games, if they occur in that home stadium, in inverted commas, will be the Dignity Health Sports Park. And like, <sighs> like in Europe, like Dignity in the name of your health organisation is usually not a good sign, to be no. honest. Yeah, you've been at euthanasia going on there. Mm. Uh, yeah. But you know, with Obamacare now being struck down in the, in the courts, maybe... Maybe they'll be needing more of that for all the people who can't afford healthcare again. Yes, exactly. Greg Williams no, is... No, 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 no. Euthanasia is expensive. Americans just let them die in the mm. street like dogs. Yeah. Greg Williams now has more wins as a Cleveland head coach in six games than Hugh Jackson had in two and a half seasons. That is very impressive, isn't it? Because <laughs> let's be honest, Greg Williams is not a good coach. Yeah, he kind of fucked up like a... <laughs> he fucked up like a timeout when the other team had just gone off sides. Yeah. Oh, that was a mess. <laughs> Uh, well, his his phone is always hopping, so I'm sure he'll he'll be able to find someone to talk to about it. Hundred percent. And uh, Tennessee at New York Giants had a little bit of punt nonsense. So the New York Giants ran down the clock on the punt for a five yard penalty. This was rejected by Tennessee, and then the Giants ran down the clock again, got a mandatory fifteen yards on sportsmanlike conduct penalty. This could have ended up into some kind of weird feedback loop of consistent <laughs> penalties if they just kept it going. Yeah, because I know like. Harry has played Madden with people who always just go off sides and just won't let the game continue. Uh, this is like bringing us into the actual professional NFL be quite interesting. But it was a very appropriate, like most interesting fact from what was a terrible, terrible game. And hopefully a game that makes the Giants decide, actually, making Eli Manning our quarterback next year is not a good idea, even though the rumours to the contrary of that. Yeah, uh, let's hope that they make the right decision for everyone who is going to be forced to watch AFC East games throughout, or NFC East games throughout next year. Uh, and with that, we'll move on to looking at the games from last week. So first up in the Ring of Honor, we have uh, Thursday Night Football, LA Chargers at Kansas City, 29-28 to in the dying seconds. LA Chargers came back from a 14-point deficit and won on a two-point conversion at the very end. Uh, very much this is the type of game that the Chargers would have won in other, or would have lost in other years, but they managed to hold it together. Mahomes had some great moments in it, but was... Relatively quiet overall, with only 243 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah, uh, terrible. I know. It's great, it's great when that's like a really off day. Uh, I'm quite happy with that's that. Little, I think that's like Alex Smith good day. Yeah. Uh, they found a little bit of something in there. Running back Williams, who had a pretty good day, scoring two touchdowns and putting up, I think, about 130 all-purpose yards. But there you can see that the lack of a playmaking running back is affecting what they can do. Uh, this was a game that was very fun to watch, but the referees tried and tried again to try and make it not fun to watch by making it very ticky-tacky and difficult to actually get. They demand that the Sunday night football this week is important. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, it's a it's bit... It's a conspiracy comic. That's oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, but no, it was, it, it was interesting because we saw like decent defensive plays from, 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 from both teams, but also breakdowns from both teams. And then we saw like... Gay, like scores and and drives being kept alive on both sides with with penalties that shouldn't have been called and so on. It was it was fun, but it was messy, and it I, I find it very intriguing. So this LA Chargers team, like they are now really threatening to try and take the the number one seed here because if the Chiefs drop a game, LA can uh, can actually just jump ahead of them, and the Chiefs would be relegated back down to the fifth uh, position as we discussed on the podcast last week due to the uh, the way that the playoff. 
uh, seedings work. Mm -hmm. But this Chargers team look very dangerous. And I'll be honest, when you look at them, they're probably the most balanced of the teams that are going to be in the playoffs from the AFC. Do you look at this as a team that will be able to... To, 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 to contend their way if they have to go on the road given that I suppose in theory they are playing uh, all of their games away this year given their, their stadium setup yeah like, I don't think I think like the bye would be huge because obviously that's one less game I think the home advantage for the Chargers is perhaps less of an issue and actually I think the record like at home might be worse than away this year and mm. for fairly obvious reasons because uh, the support centre you'd be fun of away fans um, but I think like the big thing for the Chargers right now is that this season has been different than previous seasons at least down the back half uh, you take this game, you take a Pittsburgh game, where they've won games in like using in close games without fucking up basically. So like they kind of screwed up early on this game. Philip Rivers threw two picks. Uh, one of them was like particularly kind of boneheaded. Yeah. And he even admitted himself in the post game like like I'm I was kind of shocked that we won considering that I made such a boneheaded decision. Obviously they lose Keenan Allen early in this game and then Mike Williams and to a lesser extent Tyrell Williams both step up and the running game with uh, Josh Jackson who was like okay uh, and then. Derek Newsom, who actually turned out to like had a few good plays as well. Uh, they kind of I mean, like it wasn't a situation where they dominated the game in the fourth quarter. They had like their breaks, as you said. The penalties definitely helped them a lot. But I think like that the fact that in the last play of the game in a game which obviously like was going to decide whether they have something to play for for the rest of the season, they go for the two point conversion and then they well they don't just convert it, they absolutely <laughs> blow the Kansas City coverage wide open uh, as mentioned like. That player could have been like was wide open as far away as oh yeah it was ridiculous uh, <laughs> as Kansas City is from that stadium yeah one of, uh, <laughs> one of the big things you spotted in this game is we mentioned earlier they got the return of Eric Berry now he was obviously on a snap count for it so essentially what we got was we got Eric Berry for the first half and then not in the second half he was in very minimal number of plays one of the big issues that you saw with him there because obviously he was the kind of vocal leader the captain on that defense was he was. Throughout the the games and uh, throughout the plays in the game, he was screaming at people to try and get them into position. The DBs obviously do not know what their coverage packages are actually meant to be and what their assignments are meant to be. Obviously, watching the Kansas City defense. Oh yeah, well, he's been like strolling that sideline for like yeah. an entire year, waiting to tell these people but what the fuck to do. But like. it's, it's remarkable. It's like you can see the difference in where, like, when he's literally screaming at Scandrick where he's meant to be and what his coverage is meant to be, and how much more effective they were mm. with him on the field versus mm. when he was off. The him coming back, I think, will have a good impact on that. And, and again, we see great, great production from the from the front four slash front seven from them with uh, with uh, four or yeah, with, jo- with Jones now uh, now now, now uh, getting his ten games straight with a sack. I think we're currently second in the league in sacks and I think huge amount of uh, tackles for loss and, and forced fumbles and that. But it's still that issue of this Kansas City Chiefs team is reliant entirely on its offense rather than being able to stiffen up uh, when it needs to in the fourth quarter and to an extent as much as so I want to blame the ref my ex-wife used to say but essentially like even though I kind of want to get annoyed at the rest because like, I don't like the decisions at the tail end of that of, of the game. I don't like the decision that gave them their first points in the thing where there was an invisible holding call on Scandrick mm. but you got to look at it and say the Chiefs were up by 14 points and they just went into a shell and decided to shut down and be that because they thought we're going to see these guys in the playoffs and we don't want to show them more of our playbook. We should be healthy. Because if you think back to the earlier season wins, they would get up by two or three scores and then they'd let the people score and then they just keep going either back and forth or just trying to slow them down. And you just got to feel that like maybe Andy Reid should have just said, fuck it, throw it to the wind and just 
go a little bit harder on offense because they got very conservative mm-hmm. in that fourth quarter. Yeah, like I like I think Damian Williams, like he had a good game, particularly as kind of like a swing back and like taking passes, like on dump passes from Mahomes and picked up a lot of yards that way. But like, like they didn't really have a traditional run game. The one difference between like Damian Williams and Spencer Ware, who didn't play in this game and could have perhaps done that in the fourth quarter, uh, like in between the tackles, is that Kareem Hunt could do both. Mm. And both of these guys have very particular roles, so the offense is just a lot more predictable. Um, with these running backs that they have to rely on now and they're just so much more reliant on that Mahomes magic and it's kind of slowed them down a little bit in the last few weeks compared to where they were early in the season it seems I think it's I think there's one important thing to note from this game I think you covered what happened in the game pretty well um, before, like these might be the only two good teams in the AFC like everyone else has looked pretty bad coming into this stage in the season and like I mean we've seen like the Texans just keep beating bad teams the Patriots look exhausted. The Steelers are completely all over the place, incredibly inconsistent. And then you're looking at like the guys in the hunt of the Colts, who can't stop tripping over their own dick. Um, the Titans, who are dreadful. The Dolphins, who are dreadful. And the Browns, oh, God bless them. But like seriously, like I believe this in the is, Week 17. This, this is a Colts very. Type. I mean, I love it. the Colts could be dangerous, right? But I, yeah. I, I think you're looking at like teams that are like. These are the only two teams that I would say I would even give like anywhere close to a 50-50 of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I mean, they're probably below that, but I mean, like, we're talking 35-40. I wouldn't put the Patriots and the Steelers anywhere even close to that the way they're playing right now. Yeah. I wouldn't put the Texans anywhere near that the way they're playing. This could very much be the... Obviously, depending on how the seeding draw works out, Mm -hmm. this could very much be a championship game preview. Yeah. And, like, the one thing I suppose the Chargers have is a lot of experience of losing players and having to deal with that. Mm. Whereas the Chiefs is, like, a brand-new team, basically. They don't really have that same experience. And many other teams don't as well. See, normally we save this kind of heartbreak for when we're actually in the playoffs. So it's uh, (laughs) it's good to get it out of the way now, good and early. Um, I suppose, yeah. So, like, these these are two teams we're going to see in the playoffs and we're hopefully going to see face each other and then we're going to see a lot more fun times from them uh, as we said the next two weeks are very key because that'll decide who gets the bye week and who gets the number one seed and then who is going to be the fifth seed and on the road for the whole way so we'll be discussing probably some of those later on I think looking spying ahead to our, our, our picks for next week uh, we'll move on to the neutral zone now Philadelphia at the LA Rams this was 30-23 to this was the Sunday night football game uh, the return of Big Dick Nick does just about enough to keep the offense ticking over and gets them the win over the Rams. He went 23 of uh, 24 of 31 for. Is that right? No. 270 yards. Sorry, yeah, so, yeah 31. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 24 of 13. That's how good he is. <laughs> yeah. 270 yards and an interception. Uh, so it was it was an interesting thing to see that, like, I don't really understand how Philadelphia managed to pull this one out because when you look at the box score and what they did, like Wendell Smallwood went for two touchdowns in this game. The LA Rams offense still wasn't able to get itself started. You kind of thought this was the game that they were going to be able to do it because Philly did not have a particularly good defense. So it was just rather confusing. like the Eagles kind of stuck with the idea of like the four-man rush and just say, please, just like... I, I just... I just I don't get it because they are not, they were not particularly good and Nick Foles was not an improvement and this Rams team should be much better than this and they were at home and they just shit the bed. Is this Rams team falling apart? Well, obviously this follows up their loss to the Bears as well mm. um, where the offense didn't show up as well. Obviously there was kind of like a, there's a set Rams offense 
And we know that is. There's three wide receivers. There's uh, one tight end usually, and then there's one running back, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. And then it's about iterating off that same formation and doing lots of innovative stuff. Mm-hmm. And those are the question. Now you're coming up against these, like especially the Bears. They have obviously elite defense, and the and the and the Eagles in this game. We kind of saw maybe at least in the front uh, four this like getting pressure constantly on uh, Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, he looked really good early on in the season under pressure, making throws. But maybe there's a case that if secondaries have figured out like the road combinations, or if there's tell that they're picking up yeah. through film study like it seems to be making a big difference for them then like they did outgain them I suppose in terms of offense but I would say a lot of those were in the fourth quarter when they were already 14 points down um, and so it's a case where like Jared Goff we've always like well personally I've always had some issues and, and a lot of them were gone early on the season but I think there is just a case right now where you're like like what would this offense look like without Sean McVay pulling the strings and there's only so much that you can really expect one coach to do by himself you need your players to step up in tough positions and I know they lost Cooper Cup and they're relying on Josh Reynolds and stuff like that but it just feels like like the offense which was so like off the rails early or sorry off the hook or whatever you want to say he was very good early on off the chain early on the season just feels like it might have been figured out in this kind of uh, let's say the cold of winter Um, and I think Jared Goff's deficiency particularly in decision making he threw two picks here he's now thrown seven picks in the last three games that when the pressure is really on when you have to rely on his decision making at the line of scrimmage recognising what's happening changing things where necessary you know handing the ball off to to, to Todd Gurley if if the, the, the coverages aren't right does he have that capability of doing that has he learned which you know place the sun rises from like these are all questions <laughs> like that seem to go away in the first half of the season but now are re-emerging again because like right now this offense which is really the identity of the team because the defense just hasn't really stepped up uh, and doesn't look like it's going to step up even with a keep to lead back and getting a pick um yeah. if they're not if they're not churning out the kind of points we saw on that chiefs game then this is a team that could easily go down in the playoffs uh, yeah. to many of the teams in the nfc yeah 100 so this eagle team like you said not a great performance from big dick nick but like whenever he came in at roughly the same time last year and led them to a super bowl he also wasn't putting up incredible numbers until much later on in that in that session they were able to shut down this Rams team and keep them at arm's length for pretty much the entirety of the game. They are not that far out of contention in it. Like Their next two games are they have the Texans, who we're saying are a very flawed team and can be quite beatable, because I'll be honest, I would put the, the Rams offense as a more high-powered offense than the Houston yeah. offense. And then they have the, uh, the Mazungus to close out. So if they can win those two, they would need a little bit of help to do it. I think the... Panthers would need to lose the New Orleans Saints, which I think we all think is probably going to happen. Uh, and they oh, would... spoilers about when we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, people are going to figure it out at some point. You can cut uh, it if you need to. Go. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, hey, that game was like finished forty-four to forty. Why didn't they talk about it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then I think they need the Vikings to lose one of their games, so like the Lions or the Bears. So the Bears could be, but the only problem is the Bears could be resting people at that point. So we'll see. But uh, like this Eagles team. Would it, wouldn't it just be a bit too funny if it happens again that Big Dick Nick comes in and then they go to the playoffs and start to start to make a little bit of noise because they've just shown that they have the ability to beat one of the top opponents in their conference yeah well I mean we have to and did it away yes we do have to bear in mind that the Rams played like garbage in this game like I mean this wasn't it wasn't particularly imp- I mean it's an impressive result right but the Eagles did not look particularly good doing it like 
I think the game was really summed up by the Rams like having a turnover on downs inside their own thirty, and then the Falls probably throwing an interception. Like, I mean, <laughs> this was a bit sloppy, all right. But like, this is the kind of thing I suppose you need to kick start somewhere. And I mean, ideally, you're not doing it in week four to fifteen, <laughs> week fifteen of the season. Um, but look, I mean, this is about as good an outcome as you can hope for. You're playing the Rams. A win is a win. It doesn't really matter how you get it, but. I didn't see anything from that Eagles team that really indicated that this team has really turned the corner. They look average and just got fortunate that the Rams just seem to be a little bit all over the place at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you look at, like, you had Foles' numbers there, those are not, that's not impressive, right? The run game wasn't impressive either. They scored three rushing touchdowns, but they kept feeding Josh Adams, who averaged less than two yards a carry in this game. Mm. Like, this is a team that's kind of. I think, I think, even sorry, even on defense, I think they kind of benefited from poor decision making, as was mentioned by uh, by Goff, rather than like through their own scheme or whatever. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up making the playoffs because their division is just such a complete mess, and the NFC playoff picture is mm-hmm. an even bigger mess than the AFCs right now in terms of the wild card hunt. But I I, I, had, I didn't see anything that indicated to me that Philly had recaptured any of the mm-hmm. real magic and form from last season. This just felt like a game where the breaks kind of went their way. And yet, fair, you can only take what's in front of you. It's a good win against a, a strong opponent. But there was nothing here that I saw them recapturing what they did on that run they went on last year. Yeah, maybe completely the, missing. The one thing is that the front four were continuing getting pressure without any help. And that's something that we did see last season. And considering how bad their <coughs> secondary is, mm, that's, that's something true. they really need just to keep up uh, with any uh, offenses that are in any way competent. Just to cover, like if we have two people for every play, every receiver, maybe we can do an okay job. It's know? true, but they still only got to the quarterback once in this game. Like yeah. I mean, mm. but they, you could tell Goff was under pressure yeah. with making mistakes. Yeah, but Goff is easily flustered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he spooks easily. You know, <laughs> he hears loud noises. So, uh, as I said, kind of Philly maybe overperforming, the Rams definitely underperforming in that one. And finally, we're going to move on to the dumpster fire. Hey, let's have some elite teams play each other. Firepower at the top of the AFC. Uh, New England at Pittsburgh, 10 to 7. Embarrassingly bad game. This was a piece of shit game, if ever we saw it. 10 to 17, sorry, not 10 to 7. Oh, sorry. It wasn't that bad. Sorry, t- t- I thought I said 10 to 17, my bad. Uh, Pittsburgh. There were more yellow flags thrown on the field than there were in the stands. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me fucking right. Like, like I, was, I was asking. I was asking. Asking Connor, I was like, "Can you cut a player during a game? Because I think Bill Belichick is about to cut somebody." Yeah, <laughs> we're working it out. We'll, we'll take if anyone wants to send in the answer to that. We believe it's possible because if you can retire in the middle of a game, you can presumably cut a player in the middle of the game. The only limitation we could think of would be if you've got a lump of people who are injured. I think there's a restriction to. Mm. Like, you need to have a certain number, number of, players, of yeah. players who are available to play at any given time or else it gets called off or something. Like, it was scared of him to retire. It, it's it's like, test, I'm going to trade you to the Bills. It's a testament to this game that the best highlight play I can think of was a fucking punt recovery inside the one-yard line. Yeah, like, that, was and that, was, that was pretty sweet. It was, know. it was amazing. But, like, <laughs> what, oh, God, what was this game? Yeah, so, like, Pittsburgh's defence... Played up a pretty good performance, making a lot of New England. But like this is the thing, I don't even want to give it to Pittsburgh's defense because New England just looked sloppy all over like, the shot. So I think there's a couple of things going on here. I think in credit, when I talked last week about Pittsburgh being a bit figured out, they came out and they did something different this week, um, and they played a lot more man coverage, and they 
double covered Gronkowski and Gordon and that obviously initially caused problems and they tried double covering both of them on one play and mm-hmm. Hogan went up the sideline but they're much more effective they played very differently to how they usually play uh, in general uh, and but specifically against New England and the Patriots seemed caught a little surprised by that and this was a very different approach from Pittsburgh and even in their offense this was a very different approach from the way Pittsburgh um, usually play like I mean it, it didn't help that they could put your grandma running back in that New England D-line couldn't have done anything about it but there was sloppiness in New England, certainly. I mean, the amount of the O-line penalties, I think there was something like 16 pre-snap flags on New England by the end of this game, which is unfathomable, right? And that's what really made the difference. But even within the tent of that sloppy performance, I think you do have to give some credit to Pittsburgh for mixing it up, for trying something different and succeeding in doing something different. And you saw there was one drive in the game where for a few snaps they went back to zone and Brady just started unpicking them. That was when New England got into the red zone shortly before the interception was thrown. But for the rest of the game, they actually, instead of being like, we're going to play the way we always play, they were like, let's actually play in a way that's effective against our opponent. And they were able to do this while looking pretty, with the exception of Samuels, looking pretty not good on offense yeah. either. Like, because this is, this, is this is the thing I have, is like, these are two teams who are the kind of you know the perennial powerhouses in the AFC, and this would this like this this is essentially this this matchup is the type of like AFC Championship game that we would expect to see God, in the last that. five or six times. Although you know, rarely at Pittsburgh, not really at New England. Uh, but like we've discussed, New England looking a bit sloppy, and like Tom Brady making some mistakes and all that kind of stuff. And we were yeah, discussed that. What the yeah, fuck and, and, and we've discussed that over the last couple of weeks. We said that they've been looking a lot more human. But this Pittsburgh team, like yes, the offensive line did a good job on the running but like some of that's going to be with the fact that the New England defence looked <laughs> awful like this Pittsburgh team even though it's a good win like one horrendously inconsistent and two this doesn't look like a team that would be able to threaten any like you know competent team this looks like, this this performance in Pittsburgh looks like it would lose to the Tennessee Titans yeah. Well, New England also <laughs> lost by a much larger margin to the Tennessee Titans. So there you go. <laughs> I think this game, obviously, we know that like, they want us to run a true uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And this was a very Ben Roethlisberger game. It couldn't only way it'd be more Ben Roethlisberger if he had, you know, faked an injury mm. and patronized uh, like a female sideline reporter. Like that's <laughs> outside of that, like two tidies, two picks, like a handful of like really spectacular catches. Juju Smith Schuster continues to make highlight reel catches every game. One James Washington like showed up a little bit on a, on a crucial drive and then towards the end of the game. Uh, but then two picks where you have no idea what he saw. He just like threw it up. And like I think on the New England side, you just see like they're a rhythm offense. We know that. And Pittsburgh, you know, and other teams have been able to get up front pressure and stop that rhythm. And that kind of the whole thing breaks down. But that. Whereas the Pittsburgh offense, it's just a little bit, um, let's say, enigmatic for now. Um, but I think when they have succeeded this season, it's been through the run game. You look at all the times that they've looked really, really good this season. It's when James Conner has got a crap ton of yards on the ground. It's this game where Jalen Samuels put up nearly 150 yards in, in the, on the ground and a, lot, a, lot more, a fair few more yards through the air as well. So you have a situation where, like, I know this is Big Ben's team for all intents and purposes, and obviously you have Juju Schuster and Antonio Brown. This seems like a team that if they want to go and beat teams like, say, Tennessee, obviously it's a bit of a difference if it's KC or 
or the Chargers where you mm. have to show up your best. But if you're trying to beat those kind of wildcard teams who they'll likely be facing, then they might be better served by going back to basics and running a, a traditional Pittsburgh Steelers type offense. Run it in the ground, show your dominance from that offensive line, which still seems to have the goods in terms of creating holes for your running backs like they did for Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. and all those years, and just go back to that and then minimize the chance that Ben Roethlisberger can make a terrible mistake by relying on play action, getting out of the pocket and just you know opening the field up for him. So I think like Pittsburgh, if they do that and follow that template, they've been really good this season. It's just a case of whether they can do that in you know three games in a row uh, three, three to four games in a row and actually do enough to get to a Super Bowl win a Super Bowl right yeah. now you wouldn't bet on it but they, like, they certainly have the talent to, to have that potential yeah and like the other thing as well is they still have to go and face New Orleans we're only a half game ahead of the Ravens who uh, now they've had a difficult enough game they have to travel to play the LA Chargers this week but it means that they're not locked up to even have a single home game just yet so they might be on the road the whole way through so we'll have to see how that goes and we'll, that we're going to move on to have a look at the questions from you the listeners Okay, so we get a couple of questions in this week. Uh, first one comes from Emmett. He says, "Hi about them Browns." Uh, essentially referencing the fact that the Browns are still playoff relevant. They have not been faded yet. Uh, just, just about. Just about. <laughs> so it's interesting that they need to win out. They need a lot of lot of results to go their way, including that they need Tennessee and Indianapolis to draw in week seventeen. <laughs> hey, I won't play any past this. Season. No, I wouldn't either. But uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, how about them Browns? It's actually it's a decent season for them once they got rid of uh, once they got rid of Hugh Jackson, yeah. Jackson. The one thing that is a big plus is that they've had this halfway decent season really after he was there because if they were having this beforehand, they might be stuck with him yeah. for longer. Yeah. But on the other hand, the reason that they were so shit is largely down to Hugh Jackson. So that's impossible to happen. Well, very difficult mm. to happen. Um, winning a game is a challenge for Hugh Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let alone six. I'm pretty pleased. I, I predicted the. Um, I mean, I won't be exactly right, but I predict the Browns at eight and eight at the end of the year. Mm. I'm trying towards that. Not bad. Uh, next up, we have a question in from Stephen. He is yeah. So he says Mason Foster had a couple of choice words to say about his team. Uh, how would you deal with this if you were the coach? So. If you haven't heard about this story, essentially the uh, defensive captain for the Mzungus, uh, Mason Foster, he had a private conversation made quite public uh, in which he said, fuck this team and fuck this fan base. Uh, I'm not taking the blame for them being shit. I'm not shouldering the blame for like players being paid and not playing, which I don't think was in reference to Alex Smith. I think that was more in reference to... Uh, Everyone else on the team. Well, the uh, the, the, the cornerback that they Norman. got... Yeah, Norman. Yeah, Norman and stuff like that, where they're taking large chunks of money and not necessarily performing to that level. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's a very bad look uh, for, let's be honest, a, a, a team that has constantly got bad looks uh, because they are a dumpster fire from hell. But... Like, how would you deal with this? Like, would you defrock him of his, his defensive captain position? Is he a priest? <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic Church the high, the, deeper the, than we knew. The high priest of defense. Um, <sighs> but like, like how would how do you deal with this type of thing in your locker room? Because I know, like, you know, quite often if someone's just a mouthy shite, that like they'll just get caught in the off season or they'll be made an example of. Like, how would you deal with this? Uh, well, Jay Gruden won't do anything because he's Jay Gruden. <laughs> also, because Foster is right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ma- Mason Foster is earning less money than their punter, so I kind of see where he's coming from on mm. the whole. People aren't uh, living up to their yeah, living up to their billing uh, or their wage package. Anyway, um, look, I, 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 he's right. I, I, I just I understand that you know the organization probably has to do something, but he's. 
he's right. Like yeah. this team is trash. It's badly coached. The players aren't interested in playing. Most of the play- team isn't good enough, and the fan base is atrocious. Yeah, the ownership yeah. is rotten. Like I wouldn't want to be there. I mean, maybe this is a good way to get cut. Get the yeah. hell out of there. Yeah. And to be fair, Sonus is about not just like the, the team organization. I don't know, like, he didn't, it wasn't about his, it's, like, some of the players, but obviously, if a lot of players agree with him, then he's only really establishing what the feeling in the locker room is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fans are kind of shit, to be honest. They, they have, they stopped showing up even when they were kind of playoff relevant uh, halfway through the season. They're just terrible fans with a terrible team, with a terrible organization, and a terrible name. I'd say watching they, the games this week, just in general, actually, the amount of fucking empty stadiums. Yeah. I mean, some of the teams couldn't give away tickets. Like, Yeah, I think it was last week, uh, the Tampa Bay, I think it was, were literally giving away tickets for free and they couldn't fill their stadium. You couldn't bring a team over to London, obviously, you, know, so you wouldn't fill the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I think our solution is uh, sign him to a really big contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. So he's, he's hit the nail on the head. Uh, That's how you get a smart defensive player. Uh, the next one comes in from Michael, and he says, uh, given the situation in Baltimore, where does Flacco go next? So I presume that this is in reference to the fact that Flacco is now the backup in Baltimore. They are going to stick with the rookie, and I believe... Contract-wise, Flacco is essentially out next year in that he uh, he has no guaranteed money yeah. left on the contract and stuff like that, so he will be able to agitate. And a lot of the, 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 the news stories around this have been about essentially like finding him a nice uh, a nice farm upstate to go and live out the, <laughs> yeah. the last of his days in. So like, ones that come off the top of the head would be you'll have your Giants, Jaguars, a uh, couple of teams like that, maybe the Denver Broncos... A couple of teams like that. The problem is obviously teams like the Jags are already got a large amount of money locked up in that position because they would have to pay sixteen million to not play Blake Bortles next year, which is uh, yeah. I think the highest hit that anyone can get if they're caught at the moment. Which like it says a lot about how terrible that decision was at the time. Plus they're going for Eli anyway. We know that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So where do we reckon Flacco lands? Like, I, like obviously there's the obvious ones, but I think the fun one and the one because that team is so insane is the Raiders. Mm. Um, I know they have Derek Carr in the building, but relations between uh, John Gruden, all-knowing lord of Oakland, well, soon to be not Oakland, <laughs> and Derek Carr have been somewhat tense this season, and it would not surprise me in any way that he's like, oh, this guy, he's young and has potential, but he just doesn't have the veteran savvy that I need in my quarterback. I want someone mm. who's like 35. And like Flacco, he, he was kind of, at least starting around when I was when I came, yeah. was finishing the league yeah, last yeah. time, so I at least heard of him, so I might as well get this guy. Yeah, but so like... The Raiders could basically do anything, and getting Flacco would be kind of on the less insane side of the things they could do this offseason. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, looking at $26.5 million cap hit for Flacco. Well, I think, I, th- I think the idea so, would yeah, be. Yeah, they're going to be cutting a lot of players. But I, think, I, think, I think the idea would be that uh, if cut and they expect him to be cut because they don't want to pay him that much money to be there and they can cut him essentially cost free, that he would be looking uh, for a new. No, they can't. They can't cut him cost free until I've got his contract here. They can't cut him cost free until next off season. It would cost them sixteen million dead cap to cut him at the end of the season. Really? Yeah. Mm. I thought it was the other. They have an out on his contract, but it's after two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, but they probably have traded away Derek Carr in the situation. So yeah, we all know, like, like, I assume they'll just trade him for fucking nothing. Basically, Gruden Mm. demands Nick Bosa like the number one pick or something like that. They'll uh, gritty. He's so gritty. Maybe they'll maybe they'll they'll Brock Osweiler him and like trade (laughs) trade Joe Flacco and a pick for nothing. 
Yeah, look, there, there it is. No, fair enough. Look, so, so I think what, what I'd heard was that they had already paid him the, the portion of his signing bonus stuff that was sitting against that under some agreement, so that's actually gone. But that, 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 that's different from what I was reading online, fair enough. I mean, um, even so, it's still, it's still a, well, even if they've already paid him some of the money, that's still a huge cap yeah. anyway. No, it definitely could be because that's the thing. Like, I think that there's going to be a problem finding somewhere that could take him, and like, that it's going to have to be a team that is basically looking to take someone for a year, draft a draft a rookie, just like train him behind them or something, uh, and hope for the best. So, like, yeah, I don't In a know. Functional organization, perhaps. I mean, there's lots of dysfunctional organizations. Have, are like, yeah, have, let's have, have a quarterback up, like the Bucks. Have Imagine they the. Have we considered the Denver Broncos and all of this? I have. Yeah, I said like Broncos yeah. seem to be one because, like, you know, LA is. Uh, he's, he's but he's like he's he's had that quarterback for a year now, and we all know that that's about the shelf life of him having a he quarterback. Sacrifice as quarterback every year, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. The horse gods. Like he got nearly got two years of Peyton Manning. We saw how that ended. Basically dead. Shambling corpse of Peyton Manning being dragged to the Super Bowl by Von Miller. Jesus, hundred percent. But as always, if you have any other questions, just uh, fire them into us on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to move on to have a look at the picks for next week. So we're going to try and fly through these because we've had a bit of a long one so far. Uh, first up, the Mazungus at the Tennessee Titans. We've gone for Tennessee across the board. Uh, Harry? Oh, you made me talk about Tennessee. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, look, Washington are all over the fucking place at the moment. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a team. They all hate each other. They all hate their fans. Yeah. Tennessee are like bad, but I mean, they're vaguely functional. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's like a rich man's uh, Kessler. Yeah, <laughs> Cody Kessler. Jesus. Cody, Cody Kessler's stat line had to be seen to be believed. I think he passed like 57 yards or oh, something. Oh, he ran runs. for 60, so. Yeah, he <laughs> ran for more okay. than he passed. Okay. I know what you're going to What is the fucking point of Cody Kessler? Like, it's, this has to be to punish Bortles. Like, there's no way Cody Kessler has any future anywhere. No. You're like, you're not seeing what you got. You know what you fucking got. We were, why, we we were discussing this? this on Sunday. Like, why they don't just go and, like, say, right, what quarterback does any other random team have on a practice squad? Yeah. Let's yeah. just sign them and see what they have. Like, they they got him a win. And one interesting thing is Josh Johnson was apparently uh, drafted 10 years ago and this got, year. Yeah, he got his Finally got his first win last week. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so a lot of, uh, like a lot of hard luck players getting a, a nice win for their CV. Oh, Josh Johnson. 100%. Next up is Ronan's pick of the week. It's Baltimore at the LA Chargers. I've gone for Baltimore because, well, mostly just because it would be a really good result for my Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Fitz and Harry have gone for the Chargers. Ronan, tell us a little bit about this game. Yeah, so we've kind of covered the charge already. We expect Melvin Gord to be back. That should make a big difference in terms of grinding out and Peyton Barber did okay against this Baltimore front last week so we see if maybe to pick up some tips from Tampa Bay on running game anyway <laughs> uh, that is something that could happen Keenan Allen questionable we'll see if Mike Williams can step up again and do something here for the Chargers and we know the defense uh, with Boza and Ingram can be pretty good on Baltimore obviously they've basically turned around the entire season and like fair folks to John Harbaugh he's done an amazing job we were talking about him like being like basically retired yeah. uh, unwillingly this offseason and now they're well in the punt not just for the AFC North but for the wildcard position and like you're looking at a team that obviously it's a bit one dimensional and you do worry that Lamar Jackson is going to get himself killed at some he's going to orgy tree himself and they have orgy tree there to ward him like yeah. as, a, as like a ghost of Christmas past <laughs> they should well, he's, well, he, apparently there's a, there's a whole news story doing the rounds about how he now goes by Robert he's gotten rid of the RG3 yeah. thing he's trying to seem like a grown up yeah and it's just a situation where like we know what Baltimore's going to do in offense they're going to run, 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 and they're doing it even despite that some teams have actually changed. And Kansas City did it in you know, three of the four quarters, so other teams could perhaps do it for all four quarters. Uh, and I think it's just a situation. Oh, that's what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob Sutton, you know, he's an old man. It's hard to remember what exactly mm. your game plan is. 
you just pick one up from like last week. Anyway, uh, and we know the defense, best scoring defense in the league. They were a little bit leaky against Tampa Bay, a little bit surprising there. Mm. Uh, but I think that they should expect to get pressure. This is one of those games that could easily be low scoring. And the one difference now is that in previous years, I probably went like Chargers, low scoring, close game, they're going to lose. But this year, we know it's different. And let's see if they can continue mm. that in what should be a really good tense game. Not one for the people who love explosive offense, but it should be an interesting yeah, game. it should be a good one to watch. Purest football. Next, next up, we have Tampa Bay at Dallas. We've gone for Dallas across the board. Uh, just essentially, Tampa Bay are not very good. Dallas are better. Uh, their yeah. defense is playing okay. Their yeah. offense is playing meh. Uh, Tampa Bay are just uh, ah, just awful. Um, so yeah, take Dallas as the home team. Next up, Minnesota at Detroit. We've gone for Minnesota across the board. Harry? Yeah, I mean, Detroit lost to Buffalo without <laughs> any running backs. <laughs> Like, they literally, literally they were, run, they were, they were running uh, Patrick DeMarco their fullback as their running back for like half the yeah. game so yeah Minnesota looked pretty bad again but pulled away from the Dolphins their offense in the looks a lot better well, well for a little bit of two, two, pulled away years. let them back in yeah <laughs> they look good in uh, consistency in patches I believe it's the <laughs> Theo Walcottism for that uh, but yeah no uh, Detroit looked awful so Minnesota should have no problem beating hey them. stop 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 Kenny Galladay and you win. There yeah. you go. <laughs> or, or like Buffalo, just don't stop Kenny Galladay and win anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next up, Atlanta, Carolina. Myself and Harry have gone for Carolina. Fitz has gone for Atlanta. Um, Fitz? Yeah, like I think Atlanta, they're obviously out of playoff contention now. Carolina, they're kind of stuttering around uh, due to the injury to Cam Newton. It's definitely affected their kind of offensive consistency. We know Christian McCaffrey, he could carry them through this. But I just kind of feel Atlanta, they blew out the Cardinals. I know that's not a big deal, but they kind of feel like the kind of team that now the pressure is off and now that they've actually got some of their starters like Dion Jones back, they're just going to play their kind of traditional game, blow it up. And a Carolina team that's just been reeling over the last month or so when I'm being blown out by an Atlanta team that's nothing to play off and just kind of play their natural game. Yeah, like I think just basically because Carolina are playoff relevant, they're going to try and push and they're at home. I mean, uh, playoff relevant for a month. That hasn't stopped yeah, them to talk It's true, it's true. <laughs> but it's important uh, to note though that both these teams are garbage. Yes, they are mm. both terrible. Uh, next up, Houston at Philadelphia. I've gone for Philly, you guys have gone for Houston. Uh, yeah, to be honest, like this is a game that probably should be going to Houston, but like... I'm just going to go with the, 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 the surprise magic of Big Dick Nick being in there, uh, Philly being at home, Houston being a bit flaky from time to time. Mm. I don't I don't realistically think that they're that, like, it's just, it's just, it seems like the kind of game that, the, that that a team like Houston just dropped the ball hey, on. Hey, don't do Philly. a Todd Bowles and leave DeAndre Hopkins on one-on-one coverage. That would be a good start, Philly. And yeah. then Philly, are, from Philly are 11-0 and 0 against the Texans slash Houston Oilers. Wow. Okay. They've never lost to a Houston team. But they're going to this week because Philadelphia still aren't very good in Houston for all their problems. Who is going to cover DeAndre Hopkins? The entire defensive back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that means somebody else. Demarius Thomas. Kiki Kuti. I don't know. <laughs> well, they have the, like, Joe Webb. Yeah. Joe, Joe Webb. Webb. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is probably not a game to be watched. No. Uh, next up, New York Giants at Indianapolis. We've gone for the Colts across the board. Harry? Ah, the team that pitched the shot against the team that got shot. Like, um, yeah, the Colts look good now. They've got an O line, they've got luck, they've got a run game, they've got a defense. The Giants showed a flash of like, oh, there's some life in this team, and then this would no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Giants are garbage. I'm happy we can ignore them now. Yeah, it's yes. good. Uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland, we've gone for Cleveland across the board. Fits. Because we believe, because Baker Mayfield is the future mm. happiness factory for the Cleveland area, mm. and because Cincinnati, even though they've actually been playing surprisingly tough football, considering yeah. they're playing Jeff Driscoll, <laughs> uh, they run Joe Mixon and all that, but I think we just all want Cleveland to win, and Cincinnati, they're so 
like they have so few players they've lost Tyler Boyd this week you just can't really pick them at this point yeah no not at all come on Cleveland don't disappoint us next up Buffalo at New England we've taken Buffalo across the board no we haven't uh, New, England, <laughs> New England across the board I was board. thinking about it <laughs> Buffalo going to just shit the bed uh, there's not much that needs to be said New England have not looked great but Buffalo are actively poor uh, the only hope that they have would be their defence is pretty okay and if New England are as dicey as they were against Pittsburgh that could be a problem do, the do, problem do we, is that Buffalo just don't have the offense to be able to capitalize for like New England lost to that like wildcat offense like so many years ago oh yeah Buffalo Bills are basically playing wildcat offense I want Buffalo to fucking trot out with two quarterbacks we were saying yeah, like, like, <laughs> run, run, run Josh Allen as the running back yeah and Barkley in there who's going to get the button no it'd be crazy fun yeah it's like, why the fuck not? What else are you going to be doing here apart from just losing slowly? Uh, next up, Green Bay at the Jets. We're going for Green Bay across the board. Fitz? Yeah, like the Jets have actually shown up a bit more recently. They, they played Houston pretty tough and Sam Darnold looked pretty good since he's come back. But I think Green Bay, if they don't show up, that gives the Jets a chance. But I think if Green Bay show up at all, the talent disparity, especially Aaron Rodgers, uh, should be enough for the win a game. But like, yeah. this, it is kind of a banana skin for a team that's could easily just stop caring because they're out of the playoff condition. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's be honest, as we said, Joe Philbin doesn't exactly look like he gives rousing halftime speeches. Uh, Jacksonville at Miami is up next. I've gone Jacksonville, you two have gone Miami. Let's be honest, this is going to be an awful game of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going on the basis of Jacksonville's defence occasionally shows up. Uh, Miami looked dreadful last week and... Yeah, again, just one not to watch. Uh, I think it's just going to be terrible. Next up, Chicago at San Francisco. San Francisco coming off their surprise win against the Seahawks. Uh, Chi-Town, as we said, missing a couple of their defensive pieces. But we have gone for Chicago across the board, Harry. Yeah, Chicago have enough talent, I think, to win this game otherwise. like The Niners have played tough football in patches this season, but there's been no real consistency and there's no real identity to that team at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chicago look just superior even even with a diminished defensive backfield. Yeah, no, of course. Next up, the Rams taking on the might of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, is this finally a game where the Rams' offense starts to look good? We're guessing so with our picking across the board. I, I'm not sure if their offense will look good, uh, but look good enough. Like, Arizona just didn't bother against <laughs> the Falcons. <laughs> and, like, if it's kept... Cl- if they can keep it close for a half, maybe they'll show up the second half. But if it's in like if it's a fourteen point game by halftime, then I expect Toggerly to get like a million yards against mm. them. Arizona just one of those teams. I'm goddamn hoping so. Yeah. Cardinals are like the right. him to a victory in our love lane league. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals and Jags are just teams right now who, unless it's close, they just stop caring, and the other team just goes yeah. absolutely buck wild. Yeah, they are just very hot and cold kind of. Uh, Mostly cold. the words you're looking for. <laughs> bad. The words you're looking for is bad. Well, actually, what I, was, what I was going for was kind of like they run hot and cold, kind of morale wise of like literally just one bad thing happening. They go, no, my day is ruined. Yeah. I'm going home. Um, next up is my pick of the week, Pittsburgh at New Orleans. Uh, we've got from New Orleans across the board. I think this should be a very interesting game. Pittsburgh need the win to keep themselves in contention, given that they're only a half game ahead of the Ravens. Uh, New Orleans have had a couple of slip-ups, haven't looked as sharp in the last couple of weeks, but uh, they're in the race to try and get the number one overall seed, and they play much better whenever they're playing at home in that dome. So uh, they got to really keep the foot on the gas, and that's something they haven't really been able to do. Pittsburgh showed themselves to be kind of they can show up and they tend to play to the level of their opponents it'll be interesting to see what happens also the return of James Conner normally makes them a bit of a different team uh, than they have been without him uh, still shaded towards New Orleans because they're a better overall team but this is the kind of matchup that could provide some surprises and could also provide a relatively high scoring game if everything starts kicking off so that could be quite exciting uh, next up is Kansas City at the Seattle Seahawks 
this is Harry's pick of the week, but we've gone for Kansas City across the board. I have to say, <laughs> Ronan, <laughs> Ronan, how can you do this to me? Now that you've picked against him, we have to lose. Say, congratulations, Ronan, for continuing his perfect streak of picking Seahawks games oh, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> incorrectly picking Sam every... Fran, oh my yeah. goodness. Um, yeah, this is obviously playoff implications, blah, 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 to do with the seeding for Kansas City and obviously then Seattle's sort of wildcard hunt and everything like that. Um, that should mean that this game is going to be competitive at least which is nice this stretch of the season consider how many games that we just discussed we basically said we don't give a shit about um, this is an interesting one because Seattle obviously coming off a loss to the Niners which in a, just a badly managed game for them in a lot of ways like a game that they probably should have won but just kept fucking up more or less um, and Casey coming off, yeah, you know, the, the, the defeat to the, the Chargers in, in heartbreaking fashion. So that's going to make things interesting because both these teams kind of are now in a position where they're a little bit behind where they probably thought they were going to be coming into this week. Like both those games were ones we expected them to win. So this makes things a lot more interesting. Um, I mean, Casey don't have an elite defense like San Francisco, so Seattle might have a little <laughs> bit more success with the ball. But this is this is going to be can you know. This is a real test of that, like... And obviously, if McDougal is missing, this is a huge problem. Um, but this is going to be a test of that, like, looking slightly better Seattle defense coming up against, like, one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. Can they hold them off and can they keep touch? And it's going to be... I think for Seattle, it's going to be really interesting to see how Seattle plays this because this is a team where we've seen the running game kind of take over that offense a bit. Um, if, you know, Chris Carson didn't get injured constantly. Yeah. Um, got knocked out of the game again a bit last week. But this is it. Can Seattle play a ball control game against Kansas City? Because that's what they need to do. Can they find um, enough yards and enough like clock in that running game to keep this close? Because if they if they you know, if they get into an air war, they're they're going to lose. Like oh, yeah. they're, they're going to lose. There's no question about that. But I think they're going to. It'd be interesting to see from from a coaching perspective and from a can this team actually really lean into that hard-nosed running identity that's been kind of brewing there over the long... I think DJ Fluker is still out, right? So that... He's questionable. Yeah, that doesn't help, obviously, because he's, yeah. he's a superb run blocker. But that could be interesting. And that could make this game, I think, a little closer than you would expect on paper based on how these teams have played so far. So, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see if uh, Seattle can uh, run his wave in his hand. This three, is, uh, it's kind of reminiscent of the, the games we expect them to get blown out against the Rams. The same yeah. problem. to See if they can kind of replicate mm-hmm. their competitiveness in those. And obviously there's a the tension of the loudest fan bases yeah. here. Mahomes has to come and fix the 12s. Yeah. God, it'll just be slightly less loud than it is at home games. Well, they don't yeah. shout during the offense part, Connor. Yeah, I know, I know. And the, well, there's so many children there. So I yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's worse because all of their fans are now hitting that awkward oh. unless they like, their voices are breaking mid-cheer. Oh, um, yeah, the, 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 the big worry for Casey in this is that literally what Seattle run as an offense is what our weak point is of... They are a very good running team with a mobile quarterback, and like, when our I problem, guess, when like our, the other teams that have beaten you, like New England, a good running team with a mobile quarterback. No, 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 like that is literally what our defense does not match up well against because, like, we 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 have good edge pressure, and the pressure might be able to help yeah. us out here because Wilson's been taking a lot of sacks, and he's up to thirty nine on the season so far. That's not uh, many for Seattle. Well, no, it is it is quite a lot because his his, his, uh, his season total, the highest highest amount of sacks he's ever taken this season is forty five. Yeah. So he's only six away from that with two games to go. Like, 
that is a lot of sacks for him uh, because I think the difference is that he used to be a lot better at kind of getting away from it yeah, whenever he started slower. scrambling um, but this is the thing it, it, it's a matchup that doesn't play well for Kansas City's defence which let's be honest uh, if, we, if we have to base ourselves on the strength of that we're never going anywhere um, <laughs> but yeah Kansas City across the board finally Denver at Oakland oh my god this game will be incredibly terrible <laughs> um, we've gone for Denver across the board because Oakland are a trash fire yeah spend yep. your time with your loved ones you know like, mm. <laughs> but my loved one is football you know? <laughs> not this why game why would you like to see it abused like this <laughs> this uh, game is your racist uncle oh, uh, yeah. oh god <laughs> yeah this is the, the, the that awkward one so yeah so just avoid that one like the plague uh, but Denver to win mm. and I think I'm going to have to play multiple players in this for my fancy team so oh god why times. do you have multiple Denver slash Oakland players in your fancy I have Philip Lindsay and I'm going to have to play Jordy Noss uh, uh, <laughs> oh that is grim uh, but yeah so that'll do us for this week any other crack for yourselves the next couple of days you're off home yeah. uh, you're just nose uh, to the grindstone or yeah well it's going to be quiet enough in work but yeah I'll be in work I just saw something interesting is that, that uh, both Blake Bortles and Jared Goff's seasons can be divided into you know a good part and a bad part now with Goff struggling and the midpoint is their Reddit AMA oh. apparently their, their passer rating went off a cliff after they did their little Reddit things interesting That's a... uh, so all the comments here are AMA request Tom Brady is about to be the most upvoted post of all time <laughs> here's one from the Steelers do Mahomes next <laughs> <laughs> oh god um, but yeah actually I was telling you about this earlier I saw the, the most cherry picked article I've ever seen so oh it's great yeah. yeah so there was an article out there today uh, and I, I gave it a quick read and was saying um, Patrick Mahomes is a passer rating of like 108 or something but except when he is when he is playing from behind with less than two minutes to go, his uh, his passer rating drops all the way down to sixty eight, and I was like, oh wow, that's an interesting stat. And then, geez, I wonder how often he's been in that position. So the entire sample size is eight snaps against the Rams, and that is it. When he threw up like the the the, the interception, <laughs> on, like all that. it's like, oh yeah, he sucks. So Jesus, that's all. And then the guy was getting slated for his article, and somebody was like. Let's just have a look at who this guy is. Like, look at what else he writes. So apparently, the guy is like mad, knee deep into the uh, into the uh, Drew Brees for MVP stuff, and uh, almost certainly probably has a large bet riding on that. So he's trying to push any angle he can. Yeah, so, like uh, sample size. That's uh, my job. Uh, <laughs> and I might think that might be a problem there. <laughs> yeah, might be might might be not quite representative of. Uh, I mean, you're comfortable. It's from oh, zero to uh, one hundred and fifty-three. Yeah, <laughs> it's the confidence interval for. Uh, <laughs> Oh, God. It was, uh, but yeah, so it's good fun. So yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of in wrap down mode now as well. So finish up for the holidays on Friday. Going to get up the car. Then I'm going to go driving all over Ireland for a while. So uh, may or may not be here for the for the podcast next week. We uh, don't know what the story is yet. I'll see what the... Because uh, un- un- unlike uh, Cavan, they do not have the fibre up, uh, up in Kerry just yet in the, the nice rural bits that we're going to be floating around to. So we'll see what happens joys there. have been near, near, near a main road in Cavan. Oh, oh fancy man. <laughs> Yeah, the main road <laughs> the main road it's the only the road, road. <laughs> uh, but yeah so that wraps up for now so it's bye from myself bye from Harry right. bye from Roland bye this has been Awful Quarters thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next week peace